Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Being called brothers and sisters of Christ is its pretty astonishing if you really stop and think about it, but it's more commonplace. But to call ourselves, or for Christ to call us, mothers of Christ, it's a little more astonishing. It is, however, a classic image of the preacher, the preacher who must first be pregnant with the word, and after a time of contemplation in which we bear the word within us, this nice nine-month pregnancy gives birth to the word in the world. It's a lovely image. And in that sense, we might call this feast, the Feast of Saints Timothy and Titus, the Feast of the Motherhood of Paul. We just celebrated the conversion of Paul yesterday. And here we have real concrete fruit that his life gave forth. The motherhood of Paul, Timothy, and Titus. So what then does Paul teach us today about mothering Christ? I'd like to highlight three things. Doubtless there are many more that come up in his his letter to Timothy. The first is here towards the end. Bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. Bear your share of hardship for the gospel. We love that image of being pregnant, right? As an image for preachers. But we often romanticize it when we talk about being pregnant with the Word of God. Pregnancy is not easy. If you've seen pregnant women, it's very uncomfortable. They go around really bearing the weight of their child and everything that they do. It impacts every aspect of their lives. It's frankly uncomfortable. There's a real asceticism to pregnant women. They have to change their whole diets, their clothes, everything. Everything changes because of this child they're going to give birth to. And, like it or not, we we like to talk about preaching as giving birth to the Word. Giving birth is messy, and it's really painful. And that all is part of preaching. We should expect something similar with being preachers. Rather than often when things are difficult, when things go awry, when preaching is messy... We often think something's wrong. Well, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be beautiful and nice. Yes, it is, in the Hallmark version. But in reality, it's difficult. It's hard to give birth to Christ. Beautiful, absolutely. Like holding a newborn child. But not easy. The second insight that Paul gives us into being mothers of Christ, is that Paul gave birth to Timothy not only as a brother in Christ, but as a fellow mother. Timothy, in turn, is a mother of Christ. It's why we celebrate his feast today. He was a bishop himself, one who proclaimed the word, one who shared the same word that he had received from Paul. The faith is passed on, generation to generation. It's sad that these two feasts of the conversion of Paul and Timothy and Titus remind us of. And Paul himself reminds Timothy today in talking about his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. But the faith is passed on. We are the inheritors of the very same faith that Paul gave to Timothy and Titus. 
it is for us to bring about another Timothy or another Titus. It is for us to give birth not only to, let's say, passive disciples, but active ones. I'd say intentional disciples, right? That word we love to use now. But when we talk about intentional disciples, the kind of people that we are trying to get to follow Christ, we want to emphasize that they must in turn give birth to Christ. They have to be mothers of Christ. It's not enough for us to give birth to a bunch of people who are happy just being there. They in turn must pass that faith on. That must be part of our apostolate. To that end, that brings me to my third insight from Paul about being a mother of Christ. What is the most important thing that Paul gave to Timothy? It's the most important thing. It was a brilliant instruction from perhaps the greatest theologian the church has known, St. Paul. Was it his paternal and fraternal affection that he talks at length about here? Was it caring even for his material needs, making sure that he and his family were provided for? No. I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. Stir into flame the gift of God, the gift which is the Holy Spirit. That is God's gift. That is Paul's greatest gift to Timothy. Not himself, not himself, but God. To have opened him to the Holy Spirit, to receive God himself. We, I think, often measure what we have to offer as friars, as preachers, based on our natural talents. Whether we are or are not particularly effective preachers, or whether we are or aren't very smart, or are or aren't very charismatic or sociable, whether we are or are not good administrators, whether we are or are not in any worldly sense good. Those things are important. I don't want to diminish all our human cooperation, but they are profoundly secondary. It's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that allows us to be effective in ministry, that makes us preachers, and it's the Holy Spirit that we hope to impart to others, that at the end of the day, what is the measure of our ministry? Nothing we've done so much as opening others to God opening others to the Holy Spirit and then letting the Holy Spirit do its work. It is He who is truly powerful. We're about to celebrate the Eucharist, the Eucharist that will fill us with grace, the effect of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit bursting forth into us. It's even in some sense, if you'll allow it, a seed. We make it out of seeds, right? Wheat. So it allows us to be impregnated with the Word of God, this receiving of the Eucharist. We receive the Word himself into us through the Eucharist. May we become pregnant with him, love him as a child within us, let him grow within us through prayer, and then give birth to him, being 
in our own way, mothers of Christ in a world that desperately needs him.